Thanks for listening to the Vertical Student Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you hear. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vertical Leadership Podcast. Today we have a special guest of mine, uh, just a, a dear friend of mine, a dear friend of this ministry, a dear friend to this podcast. And and I want you guys to just welcome Pastor Peter Reeves. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Dude, it's good this to be is, back. This is like brotherhood right here, man. <laughs> this guy's been on vacation for a little bit, relaxing and maxing out and, and back home in Philly. So it's good Come to have home. you back in Michigan, man. It's good to be back, man. My cheesesteak diet is over. It's time uh, to get back on that keto life. You know. <laughs> keto. Dude, <laughs> keto is crazy, man. Love it, dude. Awesome. Well, well, many people may know you on this podcast, but for the, some that don't, I just want to maybe just give them an a, a overview of who you are and what you've been doing and, and kind of uh, where you're located. So, so where are you located at now, man? I am located in Lansing, Michigan. I'm at Mount Hope Church. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here at this great church and uh, been here for two years, loving it. Wow. And uh, been in ministry for five years. So still learning, still growing, but really excited about the next year to come. So Awesome, man. And so you said you're a youth and young adults pastor and you've been there. How long have you been in ministry total? Five years, you said? Five years, man. Wow, five man. years. That's awesome. Married. And, and how long have you been married now? Been married for four, two wow. dogs. Wow. New house. Come on, somebody. New house. Yeah, you just closed yesterday on the house, right? Yes, sir. Man. Just closed on the house, man. Big boy things. Big boy things. <laughs> Grown man things. Weren't That's you, it. Weren't you changing the filter? What did you say about the filter you were trying to fix? I was changing my furnace filter and uh, didn't know which way to put it in, which way the airflow was. <laughs> Had to use YouTube because I'm a millennial. Yeah. And uh, that's how we do. We, we figure, survive off YouTube. YouTube is the truth, bro. It's the, it's the real deal, man. You can yeah. you can learn anything, how to play keyboard to how to fix a filter in your furnace. To so how to man. get into space. YouTube. There you go. <laughs> how we get into space this year. YouTube, figure it out. Love it, man. Well, well, uh, let's let's jump into this topic we're talking about. We're talking about creating a culture of generosity uh, in 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 your ministry or in your uh, in your workspace and whatever uh, atmosphere you may um, you uh, you ever space you may hold. And so, uh, I just kind of want to open the, the the topic up with why do organizations need a culture of generosity? Why why is generosity such an important part of your culture? And I absolutely love this topic um, on on generosity and creating a culture of generosity in your organization or your community. Um, I think it's a, organizations need this and it's super important uh, because it gets everyone on a people mission. And what I mean by that is I'm in the church world. So uh, people all are, are our mission, but if you're in a for-profit uh, kind of space, man, like you get people thinking about people and not just profit wow. um, in the church world, it gets everyone on the same page after the same thing. Um, and so creating a culture of generosity is a really big deal uh, because it creates team, it creates family. Um, it's the same reason why huge organizations such as McDonald's, Nike, Google have departments that are allocating funds throughout the year to make sure that a culture of generosity is happening in their organizations. Like wow. we did a little bit of homework, like McDonald's gives $35 million a year. You know, that's only 0.8% of what they bring in as a company, but still they're cognizant of the fact that they need to give they Nike give. $315 million given to charity this year wow. um, via funds and different articles of their, uh, their clothing, their shoes, things like that. They're creating a culture of generosity 
within their organization. And then Google, $24 million a quarter um, giving away to charity. So this a is quarter, a, really a quarter. Deal. Yes, absolutely. Wow. So this is a really big deal, man. Like it creates family, it creates team. Um, it creates a new energy to your organization, to your church, to your workspace, whatever you inhabit. It, it, it does a great job of building teamwork. Turn around, is a big it totally is. It totally is a big deal, man. And uh, wow, just just as a leader of an organization, um, I think it, it, as you said, like it pushes the mission to not just the profit, whether you're for profit or nonprofit, it pushes the mission back to people. Yeah. And so whatever area of what whatever area of organization you're, you're running, whether, like I said, it's for profit or, or not for profit, uh, you you have. Uh, the opportunity to look beyond the dollars, beyond the profit and look into the people. I love that, man. I love yeah, that, that snippet. Let me ask you this. How do, uh, how do leaders get people excited about being generous? I mean, sometimes in, in organizations, whether it's nonprofit or for profit, we can kind of be like, okay, well, how's this going to help me? Right. Our generation is all about what's yeah, in it yeah. for me. So how do you get as a leader, how do you inspire uh, the rest of your team to get excited about generosity? Wow, I love this question because this is where like I focus a lot of my day to day, a lot of my time on thinking about this thing right here. How do we get people to be generous, generous with their money, with their life? Um, and I, I feel like I have a three step plan that I continue to work over and over and over again. That's helped me uh, create a culture of generosity and actually for our student ministry this year, as we were able to raise thirty thousand um, dollars. In funds to be able to give to a missions organization of our choice, yeah. which happens to be Speed the Light, um, which hasn't happened in our youth ministry for quite a bit of time. So wow. that was really exciting. Um, and the three things that I did are things that I'm really passionate about. The first one is this: is how do leaders get people excited about being generous? They got to cast vision. Okay, right. cast vision. What are the communicate the benefits of having a generous culture? Um, I'm giving people. I'm starting with the end in mind. I'm talking to them about the you know in the church world again. I'm talking about you know, when you, in scripture, the blessing that comes as a result of being generous. Uh, when I'm talking to people who are in the community who run different businesses, the, the benefits of being generous is um, a free advertisement for your business. We're talking yeah. about um, you getting open doors to places that you could not before because of generosity. I'm talking about the benefits of that. I'm talking about who we can become when mm. we start to become generous. Like this is, yeah. this is a huge deal for me as I'm Thing. Imagine who we could become. Imagine we could be giving away more than we're keeping for ourselves. And look, wow. look what this would do for the city of Lansing. Look what this would do uh, for our schools in our city. I just really jazzed up about that. And then um, I just talked to him about. I talked to our importance for the community. Like when we're generous, how's this shifting the world around us? And I start to talk about different areas that wow. need financial support or need help and uh, i cast vision like i get my people super psyched up about the mission mm -hmm. and i paint this huge uh P pablo picasso style painting for them so they can see like wait a minute this is something our attention needs to be on so number one cast vision number two i discover the need so i'm going throughout my community I'm looking online. I'm checking everything I possibly can to figure out where the need actually is, the burden. Find the uh, need. I want That's my people good. to feel the weight of the burden. Like one of the things we really focused on this year uh, was Africa Oasis, as we were talking about our giving. Um, and Africa Oasis, they build water wells um, in countries, obviously in Africa, mm -hmm. where there's no, there's no water. The people have no access to clean water. And I created that burden by 
um, showing people, you know, taking uh, different illustrations and um, showing people what it looks like, the kind of water that people are drinking. And they yeah. were able to see like they would never drink that. And they were able to see the burden. And uh, we did this thing where we turned the heat up and everyone was thirsty. And we're like, imagine living like this. I don't know, wow. just different things to create the burden so that people uh, understand that people are in need. So we help them discover the need. Um, and then we use scenarios, like we tell them different scenarios, success stories, statistics. These are the things that help you create a culture because um, you're helping people see the need that needs to be accomplished. So that's the second step. We, we Number one, we help communicate. We communicate and cast vision about the benefits of a generous culture. Number two, we discover the need. Number three, here's where we empower people to dream. I'm yeah. really cognizant of the fact that as a leader, I don't have all the best ideas. I have some good ones but my team has some really good ideas. And once I give people the burden, once I show them the need, I, I kind of gather with my team to talk about what can be done. What can we uh, do so now? It's so yeah. it's so awesome because even this year, a success story for us is there's a, a nonprofit in our city that houses different people who can't provide for themselves in the moment. They're in a difficult situation. And one of our uh, young adults came and said, hey, pastor, I want to have blankets for these people during the holidays. I want to put something together. Is that something we can be a part of? Yes, we can absolutely be a part of that. I got another person. Hey, pastor, I want to do a can drive uh, for these families that can't be able to have a Thanksgiving meal. Absolutely. We want to get involved. We allow people to dream so that generosity would spread things that people are passionate about, right? Like right. We, we want them to be passionate about what we're doing. So that's kind of like my three-step plan that I keep working over and over and over again. I cast vision, I discover the need, and I, I kind of spell out the need for them. And then I empower people to dream for what can be done. You know what I mean? And I here's it. the thing we always talk about in our student ministry too, uh, in terms of generosity, is we don't want to see things as they are. We want to see things as they should be. Mm -hmm. So what could we change completely if we decided that we were going to be generous, right? right. One of the things that we, we've changed completely is the way St. Vincent's charity homes in our city of Lansing, they see the church, is they needed more mentors, they needed more opportunities for kids to engage with older people in the community. And we took our young adults ministry and we decided to be not just generous with our money, but with our time. Wow. And we eradicated their need for mentorship. This is a big deal. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I love it, man. I can tell you the passion is just coming through the phone, man. We talked about <laughs> this now. This is like our normal like Friday night talks right here till yes, two in the morning. So so you guys are getting a taste like firsthand on the podcast of what uh, Pastor Peter and I are always talking about. So so as a leader and I I love this three step process of casting the vision uh, of 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 sharing that burden, letting them hear that burden of what this is the need. How can we go another day without doing something about this? Something needs to be done. Yeah. And now the question is number three, right? Empowering people. What are you going to do about it? Right. Exactly. What are you going to be? Cause I, cause I can't be as the leader. I can't be the only one beating the drum. We've right. got to be, we've got to make a sound that's louder than just a drum. And so yeah, I, on. I love that. I, uh, just three-step process of of getting your team on board man i'm getting jazzed up now man i want to go mentor somebody so, <laughs> That's awesome. so let me ask you this just just as we as we continue with this what what contributions do do i have to make as the leader because I, I gotta put some skin in the game too you know i can't yeah. just preach the vision i can't just cast the vision and say this is a burden and then empower people to do things and then i just sit back and watch it happen well what how, how can i as a leader uh, what, what are the contributions I have to make to put some skin in the game? 
Well, for me, man, I, I, I always go to my team already making, I already made up my mind about what I'm going to do. You see, if I, if I am talking to my team about somewhere where we need to be generous, whether it's our finances, again, our time or our lifestyle, I've already made up my, my mind about what I'm going to sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, just the easiest example, if it's, a, if it's a, a giving pledge that we're all doing as a student ministry and as a leadership team, I'm going to go to them with the number that God already spoke to me or that mm -hmm. I felt like I was supposed to give to let them know that I'm not just asking them to do something I'm not willing to be a part of. Wow. wow. So as the leader, you, you don't have to dictate the pace, but you definitely set it. Wow. And once you set the pace, you allow the people who serve with you, culture creators around you, to then dictate the pace and you continue to move forward and check in um, as needed. But yeah, as a leader, set the pace. Make up your mind already about what you're going to do before you get to your team to show them that you've thought about this already. So That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the amazing thing is that I think for you is the transparency of the leader to say, this is what I'm doing. Now, I, this is what I'm pledging to. This is what I'm committing to. Now, uh, you may have people on your team that can do more, that can do less. And, yeah. and the, abil the ability to be transparent and say, you know what, I may not be the wealthiest person in this room, but I can give, this is what I can do, and this is what I'm pledging to do. Uh, and I think that that'll speak volumes to your team. Once that maybe people that are uh, can't do as much, but want to do something. And then there's yeah. also the folks that are in the room that can do a whole lot and realize uh, we're not doing anything. I love, we had a... Pastor Matt Vandersteen here a couple uh, uh, a couple days ago last week, and uh, he talked about the wealth of our nation. And we're even if you make thirty two thousand dollars in one year, you're in the top one percent of the world's wealth. Wow, thirty two thousand dollars a year. That's that's not that's not life shattering money for living in America. But you're in the top one percent of of everyone giving. And and uh, we as Americans, we think we're pretty generous. But really, even you said it earlier, you know, the, uh, the company that gave 0.8%, McDonald's that gave 0.8%, that's not a lot. 0.8% of their profits is not, it's not even a full percent. And yeah. so overall, uh, Americans as a whole, we give on average about 2.8% away. Uh, of of what our income is, so so as a as a as a society, we're not a very generous society. And I think as an organization, as a nonprofit, and if you're in the church world, as a church, if the if the world can see you as a generous person, and obviously we have a faith based background, a faith based uh, belief on this podcast, and and Jesus is the center of everything that we do. And for those of you that are that are faith based listeners. If you really want to be Jesus to people uh, that are in your community, that are in your, uh, that come into your place of business, being generous is going to set you apart in culture, because Absolutely. that's not something that's not something that's the norm. We're seeing it in culture, as I just said, two point eight percent is the average giving. And if you make, actually, if you make, like I said, these are stats from Matt Vandersteen, uh, over a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. The stats actually go down to 2.6%. So the more money you make, it's not that you're more generous. It's actually stats show that you're actually less generous with the more that we have. And so wow. if we can begin to loosen our grips on the things that we have and be generous, what could happen, in a, and like you said, in a city like Lansing, in a city where we are in Grand Rapids, what could happen uh, in, in, in that kind of space, man? I love it. 
I yeah. love it. I think too, like as as a society, we're attracted to people who are going against the grain yeah. of culture, right? Like the pe- it's so funny. Like we're attracted to people who are like underground or going against the grain, and then they become mainstream yeah. and they become the thing that everyone's following. But I think about like momentum, right? Like I think in our church, in our churches. I think in businesses, everyone's always searching and seeking for momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the reason, right? Like we're right at New Year's. Everyone has a new goal, a New Year's resolution, a new whatever. Right, we're trying right. to catch momentum for the year. And I think generosity is one of those things um, that is a huge propeller to momentum. Mm. People, you know, The Bible teaches us this, man, that it's better to give than to receive. And I think we hear that. Um, we, we know how to quote it, but we don't live it. And when people start to get a taste of what it actually looks like to be generous and to live a generous lifestyle, man, they, like I said, doors begin to open that weren't possible for them. And even a for-profit business, when you start to become generous with your funds, when you realize like, wait a minute, like not only are we in this community and people know about our business, but now we're serving this community. Wow. It's, it's a game changer. It's Generosity a game changer. is a game changer. Generosity game speaks, changer man. It speaks. Yeah. It speaks to to they're not. This is not just an organization or a company that's trying to get my money, but they're actually giving something to me. And that's word of mouth. Even to this day, word of mouth is the best marketing out there. Any marketing specialist will tell you that. There's no better sales pitch you can have than word of mouth marketing. And so, if you're looking, if you're a for profit organization and you're generous within your community, that's going to put you a step above the the quote unquote competition. Yeah. But just yeah. moving moving along with this man, um, so so we have all this these ideas of, of how to be generous. But but let me ask you, who can we be generous with? Where where do we start looking for the people we can be generous with? The organization we can be generous with. Yeah, I think in every city, I mean even small cities, there's at least one nonprofit that you can get involved with. Um, obviously, there's tons of. Um, opportunity to get involved with different things online and, um, you know, Operation uh, Christmas Child, Operation This, you know, uh, get involved. There's so many different things. But when I think about um, getting involved, who you, who you can be involved with, I, I want to say this to everyone. Own your city. Yeah. Own your city. Look at where people are hurting in your city. Look at where people are lacking in your city and start to make a plan how to um, partner with that that place in your city and bring hope there because listen if everyone would just own their city our world would look a lot different you know what i'm saying like i love all the organizations that are pulling for us online i love all those things me and my wife participate on those things as a matter of fact if my wife watches one more commercial where we can sponsor one more child uh (laughs) everything i have like literally we're sponsoring so much like i love it it's amazing um but also i just want to make sure that um not only do we take from this city right like we live here uh, we're taking, taking, taking. I want to make sure we're giving back to the city. Wow. Own your city. Own your city. Look at your city and say, where am I supposed to be? What can I do? Who can I help? Mm. What mission can we accomplish with what we've been given? I'm telling you, game changer. I love it. I love it. The idea of just if every if every community would own their own city, you boom, know, we wouldn't we wouldn't need to. You think of, I think of uh, orphanages. There's orphanages in almost every city. There's there's p- people. There are children without parents. There's there's homeless people homeless. in every yep. city. Every city, there's somebody homeless. Whether yep. it's one person, there's somebody homeless in your city. Yep. Um, 
And so there's, there's broken people in every city. Yeah, brokenness. Sometimes the people that like I love something that our church does here. Uh, we host um, a lunch and kind of like a day for for moms to just come and mm. sit with other moms while there's free childcare. Yeah, like now to you that might not be a big deal, but to me that that fosters the spirit of generosity mm-hmm. because we're reaching out to people that maybe no one else would reach out to mm-hmm. and say, oh, they're fine. Yeah, they might have enough money, so we don't have to be generous with money, but they don't have time. Wow. And now they're getting time to sit with other people and uh, to, to really be themselves and to be honest and open. Uh, there's people that are hurting. Th- those are the people we want to be generous to, not just those who lack financial need. And like I said, generosity goes so much further beyond t- like um, money. Finances, it's, yeah. it's, it's time. It's lifestyle. Um, it's courtesy, it's conversation, it's the, the essence of, of stop, right? Like, I, I, I don't just walk past you and say, hey, how you doing? You're good? Okay, I'm good. It's like we're engaging people at a slower pace. This is the culture, the lifestyle generosity. I think it when that bleeds into everything you do as an organization, game changer. So. It's a game changer, man, for sure. I love it, man. Well, well uh, starting this generosity culture, what will this do? What will what like effect will this have on my on my team on the on the team that I'm leading on the on my organization on my on my nonprofit or for profit uh, business on my church on my how how will this affect our culture? Yeah, well, I think too. Um, just naturally in the day to day grind, uh, we all get selfish, right? We start mm. thinking about man, this is taking up a lot of my time. I got things to do. Uh, we start checking the clock. I think when a culture of generosity is established in an organization, you will pull the best from your team. Okay. Now hear me, hear me out. As someone who has people that serve with me and under me, um, I understand that sometimes the best gift I can give to them um, is not, um, it's not something like I can physically hand them. It's not even money. Sometimes it's just me being generous with my time. Hey, why don't you take this hour to just kind of chill? Why don't you go? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I think you get the best from your team when they realize, wait a minute, like the person I'm serving is, is extremely generous and uh, th- they're going to start to give you your best. Like maybe as before where they would clock out at four, right? They might be excited about what you're doing and say Anyway, that's just one point on time. But I think what it could do for your leadership team as a whole is they'll start to foster the best ideas you've ever had. I'm serious. Um, Because people will start to think outside the box. They'll start to think about, man, how can we... How can we reach people maybe that we were never thinking about before? One of the greatest stories I ever heard is uh, my friend... um, he owns a, a small business that he just started. And uh, as a result of volunteering in several different places, he started to create a, a network of people um, that were more low income, um, but were still looking to gain nice products. And so he would search online and get these products and then he would go ahead and turn them and flip them to these people. And he created his own community that only came as a result of him volunteering. And I, I tell you that to say, not that you should do that because he's not making tons of money. I mean, honestly, it's to bless the people. But he had an idea that was fostered out of him having a generous spirit. Wow. And I just think great ideas are going to be fostered out of people having a generous spirit. I tell you that story to tell you this, that a lot of those people now um, are, are feeling more confident, which is, you know, we know, like you feel good, you look good. Um, he's giving them opportunities to obtain things they never had before. This wow. is a big deal. The best ideas come when we're fostering a culture of generosity, when we're saying, who can we we're, who can we help? What can we do? How can we bless people? How can we take care of people? I'm telling you, the best ideas. Well, too, and, and looking uh, just to just to add on to that, I think in the new workforce of millennials coming into the workplace, the workforce, 
they don't want to just work for a nonprofit organization or a, a, a for-profit organization just for the bottom dollar. Right. Like they want to say, how are we changing the world? Right. We are. We want to be on mission. We want to be on mission. Millennials need to have a mission that's bigger than themselves, that's be- bigger than the, the black letters at the bottom of a budget sheet. They need that. And so if you're a business owner, if you're a, a an owner of a – or maybe you're, you're the CEO of a company and you're listening to this podcast, think about ways that you can interact with your millennials, engage millennial workers. Maybe you're thinking they're just a bunch of lazy workers. No, they just need to have a mission that's bigger than themselves. And so maybe uh, – we just need to challenge ourselves as as owners and as leaders to say, what can we do outside of the four walls of our organization to better and to benefit the world outside of us that may have no uh, no physical benefit to us, but will have all the ramifications of, of greater blessings, if you will, because of it. Because one, uh, my team is going to be more empowered. They're going to be on, on fire and excited to work extra five minutes. They're not going to be clocking out five minutes early. They'll be clocking out five minutes late because they're excited and they believe that what they're doing is making a difference outside yeah. of this organization and outside of, of, of the bottom dollar of the organization. Right. And with that same frame of mind, like people want to leave their thumbprint on something, mm, right? Like we good. get back to step three, people want to leave their fingerprint on something and like, when you're creating a culture of generosity, you're giving people space to dream and you're looking at your leadership team saying, man, what can this really do for our team? It's going to give people an opportunity to put their thumbprint on something that affects people. Um, I just think that's such a big deal. Yeah, It's such a big deal because um, at, like you talked about, word of mouth is the best thing. You know, um, like a lot of the companies I'm shopping, shopping at right now, um, it has nothing to do with like, um, I don't know, just like their design or their, like, I like their mission. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm attracted to. The mission. Like, I want to be a part of it because of their mission. Um, it's the same reason why Tom's shoes were exploded, right? Like, it's people go, wait a minute, you're telling me that by buying a pair of shoes, I'm giving a pair of shoes? This is unreal. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be a part of this. Yeah. I don't know. I think it just changed the way uh, businesses uh, should look at what they do. And um, it's, it's going to be the, the roadmap for the future. People want to be involved with something that's making a difference. They want their thumbprint on it. So, yeah. I love it, man. I love it, dude. And, and just as we wrap this up, um, maybe share with us when the best time to start creating that culture is. Like, how do we, uh, when, when when is the proper time? Is it the New Year's resolution? Is it, you know, at the yeah. beginning of the quarter? Is it the beginning of the new fiscal year that we can really budget and make it? When is the best time to start? Yeah. Okay, back to that same thought with owning your city. What's the rhythm of your city? Mm. What's the what's the rhythm? Because every city has a different rhythm, right? Like in Lansing, we have um, a few different things that we gather around, um, different celebrations, a homecoming, things like that that I, I know other cities have. But for us, it's a little different. And uh, I'm just trying to find the pattern of my city to figure out when's best to to really launch something new. So I just encourage you to get involved with like your your city council. Look at the Rotary Club. Look at what's happening yeah. in your city um, so that you can be a part of it. Don't miss out on those opportunities. I think the biggest lie um, that surrounds creating a culture of generosity is that there's nothing for us to do. There's wow. definitely something for you to do. There's something for you to be a part of. This can change the way uh, what you run or what you're in charge of is seen um, from people who don't know you personally. It's a really big deal. Mm. I think the best time to start something is to really uh, look at the rhythm of your city. I know that's a pretty vague answer, but you got to understand, like, diff- like when I was living in Philadelphia, right, uh, you know, they had different parades and things like that at different times. Yeah. Man, 
such an awesome opportunity for our church to engage our city to be a part of what's happening. Look yeah. at the rhythms. Fourth of July, man, getting those Fourth of July parades. Come on, somebody. getting those. You know, get get opportunities to 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 serve. I know we we uh, some of the things we do at our church here. Uh, we have a, a lady in our community, Miranda, who is on the news, and she does what's called Miranda Park parties all through the summer. One of the ways we go is our church actually goes and gives free haircuts to everybody that shows up. And the t- I mean, hundreds awesome. of people show up. Hey, can you give me that nice fade up? You know what I'm saying? That high tight, <laughs> you know, uh, but we give out free popsicles and it's just opportunities uh, not, not to boast in ourselves, but to just say, Hey, we want to be able to serve a community that may not be able to take all their kids. You may have five kids. Haircuts can get expensive. That's 20, 20, uh, 20 dollars a head. We ain't getting haircuts every month, you know? And so yeah. that's an opportunity where you say, Hey, you know what? Come get a free haircut. Uh, we, we love you. And so that's one of the things our church does that, that I absolutely love. It's one of the greatest things I think we do all year. Um, but finding, like, I love that, that answer of finding the pockets in your community, find the rhythm of your, of your city and figure out the areas and the pockets that you can uh, begin to serve at, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, sir, man. Well, thank you for having me, bro. Dude. So yeah. Good. Any, any, any last, uh, comments or remarks before we end this podcast? Yes. I think generosity, man, is the propeller to bring momentum to whatever you're in charge of generosity wow. is the propeller it's going to push you forward um and even mo- like i say propeller because when you're truly generous and this is a part of your culture you don't need a win to sail mm. i love it i love it i love it man always got the gems always dropping gems <laughs> <laughs> all right man thanks so much yes sir hey and thank you guys for uh listening to the vertical leadership podcast we truly believe if the leader is empowered the entire organization will grow and so wherever you are wherever you may be listening whether you're at the gym working out or you've been on a a nice 30 minute jog outside or you're driving in your car we really appreciate you taking some time to listen today and we will see you next time Thanks again for taking time to grow as leaders. We are looking forward as we continue to build our culture in student ministries.